TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. When we're not talking football on the Gophers show, we're going to run into some issues because this is a very football-centric open. But I do love the way it sounds, and I am a professional these days, Murph, so I should probably turn your mic on so you can contribute to to the Gophers show. Which mic are you? Let's go with this one. There we go. Is that which one you You are? You can leave me There we go. I think think all the listeners are better off without me. Oh, wow. This is the Score North Gophers show. Thank you so much for finding us. It is a lovely holiday weekend. We're going to spend the majority of this show discussing Golden Gopher football. It may only be May, in this case, late May, but it is never too early to discuss Golden Gopher football, especially when there is a lot of happenings going on. And today on the Score North Gopher Show, very pleased to be joined by Andy Greeter. He covers the Gopher football team for the Pioneer Press. You can find him on Twitter at Andy Greeter, and of course you can read his work regularly in the Pioneer Press and at TwinCities.com. Andy, thank you so much for squeezing us in and making time for us right here on the Gopher Show. Yep, me on, guys. You know, can't complain one bit. If I had to complain, though, the complaint would be (laughs) it seems that nobody wants to play Gopher football anymore, or at least in the last week. But in one of your articles, the head football coach, P.J. Fleck, basically says this is normal that teams lose about four and a half guys out of a class. Should Gopher football fans be panicked at all of the people exiting stage right as the uh, summer has, well, not even really started yet, but as the uh, spring football season has wrapped up and now we head towards the 2019 season. Should this be cause for concern, the latest being we thought we had a receiver from USC. He's now leaving and heading to uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Let's just talk about talk about some of those transfers and, I guess, decommitments. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, an interesting month of May. Um, you know, the Gophers have had four players total. Uh, you know, either move on uh, to another school, either open up their recruiting to try and see what else is out there, reclassify from 2020 to 2019, and, uh, you know, just open up their recruiting again uh, generally. And in the meantime, they've also uh, got a graduate uh, transfer coming in that can play right away. So, you know, it's very much a mixed bag of, of how this month has gone. I think every single case of these guys, these four guys that have, that have moved on or opened up their commitment and leaves it open-ended is they're all individuals. You know, they all have individual stories and individual cases that uh, kind of have different explanations. So to answer your question, I would say there's no cause for concern. I think when you look at things overall, um, you know, there are four and a half commits on average per per school, and they just have they've peaked here this month. I would say if it continues, uh, to have this amount of volatility, yeah, I think that would be concerning. But, you know, in an isolated month with a, with a spike right now, I think it's just kind of the status quo of how college football recruiting can always be a silly season. Andy, uh, James Murphy here. Just had a quick question for you. I saw in your article that PJ was quoted as saying they, they want guys who want to be here. They want guys who act the right way. Do you think that was a message to those those guys who had who had decommitted, or, or what did you draw from that quote from PJ? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I asked him about uh, Kelvin Clemens, a, a junior college 
cornerback who had been in here for a semester and very much a revolving door was was headed out on the same cycle that he was coming in on. So, and PJ has done this in the past. I think that he is very much of the school of thought that uh, it's like a Bo Schembechler type where those who stay will be champions. I think that he believes in that. And he also says uh, we read between the lines and it's difficult to say without knowing certain cases, but you just look at things like Demery Croft, if you guys remember him and his exit. When he was gone, it was very interesting because, you know, he said, if you don't do the right things, you won't play. If you don't do the right things, you won't be a part of this program. So, you know, there is some reading between the lines with comments like that. It's not the first time that he said it. But, you know, this program is different. This program, you know, includes Gopher players that they go for softball game right now. They have to do a lot of different things in the community and represent this program the highest standard, and that's not for everybody. And I think you've seen that in some of the people that left initially. You're seeing that in some of the people that, you know, maybe are moving on. And, you know, it's just interesting to, to kind of see uh, who sticks around and who is successful. You know, there's, we you know we were going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the new uh, Brandon uh, Duster. Uh, and it's interesting with him because, you know, cornerback that has started for, uh, most of the first season uh, last year, Terrell Smith was one of the first people to congratulate him on Twitter for coming to Minnesota, and that's uh, that's very much what PJ wants. So it's that's a, a lot of times it's having the right guys, the right fit to have elongated answer to the question. In the recruiting process, Andy, how how much is it laid out to these recruits that? The University of Minnesota does do things differently. I think that's an interesting angle because I think from from day one at Minnesota, if you hadn't heard anything about P.J. Fleck, that introductory press conference, you knew things would be different. Is this something that players learn about how different it is after they commit, or is it made evidently clear to them before they commit that things are done differently here? I just think it takes one call, one conversation with PJ Fleck, and you, and you know that he operates differently. It's it's uh, it's very much uh, from the jump, and I'm sure you know Benjamin St. Juiced, the uh, Michigan transfer that's coming in, uh, knows wholeheartedly that PJ Fleck is drastically different than Harbaugh, and he clearly wants to be a part of that. He clearly sees that this is the spot for him, or he thinks it's the spot. We'll see what happens when he gets on campus and things go from here. But, you know, they've had success uh, with other quarterbacks that have sought something different. You know, Chris Williamson, their starting slot corner, really came on last year. Uh, he came from Florida, and he's bought in wholeheartedly. So, yeah, it's, it's each case, each person is different. But, yeah, you know that things are different once you meet P.J. Slack. On St. Juiced, how does one, as a graduate transfer, have still three years of eligibility left? That seems like a ton of eligibility for a grad transfer. When when you look across the country, typical, typically people associate grad transfers with quarterbacks who have one year left and they're going to a different school to try and make a run at some sort of championship. Three years seems odd. Do you have any background on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, every individual case is different, and this one is something that I've never seen in the five years I've covered Gopher football. You know, he, he's from uh, Montreal, so he had a lot of college or credits that transferred into college. Uh, so when he got to Ann Arbor, he was already a leg up and not just your typical freshman. So he played, I think it was 12 games, uh, one or two at corner, mostly on special teams. Uh, in 2017, 2018, he had a nagging hamstring injury. 
and, you know, was redshirted that year. Uh, spring of this year, he, you know, quote-unquote, medically retired from football and is planning on graduating uh, with enough credits here this June. So, yeah, so it's a very unique situation, but uh, the Gophers are confident that, you know, he, his health is back, and, and that was kind of a, an anomaly in his, in his history. But, you know, he's a, he's a long corner. He's about 6'3", 190. He's a four-star guy. So, you know, he's got plenty of upside. I haven't seen much tape on him just because he's played mostly special teams. Uh, but it's a very intriguing guy to bring in, especially, you know, in a position to meet a cornerback. If there's a position group on this team that, you know, has weaknesses, that, that has question marks, that has health concerns that he'll bring in as well, uh, it's secondary. So it's a nice get for them, especially kind of late in the cycle that you're not really expecting to see. Andy, I know PJ had had said to you that he gave you that 4.6 number, I think, and that was the average uh, decommits per class. I know that the Gophers haven't reached that level yet, but is this much movement, especially in late May now that we're there now, is is that something that Gopher fans should be concerned about? Or or what would you say to the, the, the movement that we've seen, the decommits, especially lately within the last week? No, I mean, like I said at the top, I mean, I think that it's spiking right now, and they've had a couple, and it's been a couple of different classes, uh, which is also something to point out. Where, uh, you know, that average is between, uh, you know, one class, and this is over a couple of different classes. Uh, so we're kind of, you know, little apples and oranges, little mixed comparisons in some of these guys. Like Randall Grimes, the USC wide receiver, was 2019, and, uh, you know, there's been some other ones. You know, Aaron Witt is a very interesting example. Uh, you know, he's a He's a long uh, defensive end out of Winona, who the Gophers had committed, an in-state commit, which is always a, a heightened uh, you know, awareness to that, a heightened commitment to try and get guys to stay in Minnesota. And, you know, I talked to his high school coach, and it was interesting. He just wanted to be recruited some more. He wanted to see what else was out there. He wanted to take his official visits. He wanted to be courted. He wanted to have uh, you know, the, the special nature that is college football recruiting. And it, it's got to be very flattering uh, to be a part of that. And his, his high school coach said, we're not saying he's not going to be a gopher. And PJ also said to me, you know, some of those races that I was referring to aren't done yet. You know, there's been guys that the gophers have had committed that have said, hey, I'm, I really want to check out some other schools. Like, this is fun. Like, I like being recruited. I like going to campuses. I like meeting guys. I like coaches telling me they want me right who wouldn't want that so you know there's been examples of guys that have left and have committed and Aaron Witt is going to be an interesting one to watch I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that is done I know that once he you know said that he was going to reopen his recruiting Matt Simon the Gophers wide receiver coach who recruits the state of Minnesota called up Winona High School the next day and they, they kept on recruiting him that's that's how this goes and you know, it's a long ways uh, to the early signing day in December. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. It's just, just interesting that, you know, there have been a couple here this month, and P.J. Flag has also been available a couple of days on the Gophers coaches' caravan. So all of this has kind of hit a crescendo right now. So we'll see as the summer goes. Like I said at the top, I mean, if this goes into the June and July and there's always kind of this comings and goings, then it'll be interesting to take a look and see how unique it is, how many of these schools, you know, make up the average and who who kind of drag it down um so we'll see i mean it's it's early i think we should talk more about big picture and talk about 2019 yeah and i'm actually gonna get there but something you said just uh sparked a question i know you've been around the timberwolves before you currently cover the minnesota united 
and obviously the Gopher football team. That's why we have you on. Gopher football and just college football in general, it's a different animal when it comes to coaching, isn't it? Because these guys, I get the feeling like college coaches, they go home, they go to bed, and they must constantly think about all that could go wrong, all that they still have to do, all the recruiting, all the game planning. And professional coaches, they definitely work hard. I'm not saying that they don't, but there are different times of the year where they can slow down a little bit. That's just not the life of a college coach. you got to be a different breed to do this. You, I mean, you have to, don't you? I think it's coaching in general. I mean, when you, when you talk about you know, waking up in the middle of the, middle of the night thinking about how things are going with, with recruiting, I, I think of you know, Vince Lombardi and the phone rang at his house at 3 a.m. when he was coaching the Packers. And, you know, instead of thinking about his kids and where his kids were and what his kids were doing, his first thought was, what's going on with Paul Horning? You know, what's happening, what's happening with him? You know, what's going on with Paul Horning? Sorry about that. Yeah, what's going on with you? Do we need to be concerned? <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Right. Like I said, I'm just doing a little dog walking. But the story is that, that Vince Lombardi, coach of the Packers, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, isn't thinking of his own kids when the phone rings at 3 a.m. He's thinking about, Where's Paul Horning? What's Paul Horning doing? So I think it's just coaching in general. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Timberwolves and United. I, I think you see it across coaching realm entirely. There's just a, a, it's a different breed to be a coach. Let's shift to 2019. Again, Andy Greeter joins us from the Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com. He is at Andy Greeter on Twitter. I'm Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross. I don't think I ever got the intro out of the way from me bad show host (laughs) murph minnesota at murph underscore mn on twitter james murphy here as well this is the Gophers show thanks for listening to score north the score north Gophers show 2019 golden gopher football andy i'm trying to stop myself because i'm legitimately excited i've been a season ticket holder for years now i can't tell you the last time i was legitimately excited when i say that it's tempered i'm not sitting here thinking this is a 10 and 2 team that could win the Big Ten. Maybe they can. I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just legitimately excited that I think every Saturday, or in this case, we'll have a Thursday game again. I think when they take the field, they'll either obviously win the game or they have a good chance to do that. I can't tell you the last time I felt that way about a Gopher football team, and a lot of that comes from how 2018 finished. Yeah, I think there's genuine reasons uh, for optimism. You know, I'd cap the brakes on something that that approaches double-digit wins. I think there's there's certainly going to be some challenges, especially when you get into November. When you look at the schedule, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, winning three out of the four games to finish 2018 and looking at the start of 2019, it looks very promising. And uh, obviously you need to look at what the team has, and they've got, you know, 90-some percent of returning production on offense, which is top 10 in the nation. They've got over, I think it's around 70% returning on defense, so there's plenty of reasons for optimism on that side of the ball, and that doesn't even include Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, so, yeah, and then you've got just, you know, a maturity factor. You know, this team, P.J. talked at nauseum about, you know, how they're the youngest team in the country. Well, now they're a little bit older, and they've got, you know, a full season of experience and some even more than that as you go towards some of the upperclassmen. But, you know, I think it's, it'll be fun to, to see where this team goes. I think this is the first year that P.J. select three where there's real expectations. So we'll see if they live up to them and see how it, how it kind of plays out. But it's, it's a very intriguing year. I think there's reasons for optimism. I think the Big Ten West is wide open. And I think there's a lot. I think instead of knowing you know one or two clear favorites, I think there are four or five teams that uh, can legitimately contend for it, which means that there's going to be a level of competition each and every week. 
Andy, we saw Tanner Morgan really take the reins as the starter last year towards the end of the season. I thought he did a phenomenal job, especially wrapping up the year, doing a good job taking care of the football. But we, with conversations with Daniel House, he thinks that Zach Anikstead is going to be the man this year. He's going to be named the starter. What are your thoughts on the Gophers starting quarterback situation? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's probably going to be uh, an open competition like it has been, uh, you know, throughout the spring camp and, and without uh, fall camp last year. I would say that, you know, when you look back to when both of these guys were healthy last fall, Zach Gannick said won the job and, you know, started the first six or seven games and, and was, uh, the, you know, I think he was only the second true freshman walk-on to ever start week one. So he was certainly thrown into the fire and uh, the moment wasn't too big for him. And now he has that level of experience and he's got, you know, certain things that I think he does a little bit better than Tanner. While Tanner is certainly shown to be capable and being 4-2 and two as a starter, I think that uh, Zach probably has a little bit more of a nose uh, to get the job. Uh, you know, But we'll see. I think PJ has been smart in the first two years knowing that he's likely going to need both of the guys. Um, so he's playing it that you know both of these guys are going to go into it for a battle. Um, and, and Tanner Morgan is interesting in the sense that you know he's shorter. He's, you know, he uses his feet a little bit more. He's a little bit, um, little bit more, you know, kind of makes plays with his feet. Like I said, a little savvier uh, when you see things in, in in how he plays. And 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 Zach is, you know, a little bit more of a true kind of pocket passer. I think both of them uh, need to keep the ball in the read option more going forward. But you know, it's interesting uh, to see where that plays out. But uh, you know, I'd agree with House that you know Zach probably has a little bit of a leg up. You mentioned uh, the expectations. You know, I guess it's open to uh, interpretation what those might be. Classic Minnesota sports fan, I hear the word expectations, I get scared. That generally means people are <laughs> expecting good things from your team, and that just doesn't seem to happen. But what what are the expectations? For me, Andy, I'll tell you what my expectations are. I just want to be better every year than the year prior. And in general for the Gopher football team, I think they should go to a bowl game every year. I've said this before. I don't think that that's, especially now we just added another bowl game. I don't think that's unrealistic. I think they should at the bare minimum go 6 and 6 every year, especially at this point. I think they should win between 6 and 8 games and then every 4 years or every 5 years there should be a a pop-up year where maybe you're playing in a pretty nice bowl game. Are those not even specific to 2019, are those realistic expectations in your mind? Am I am I asking too much or not enough to think that that's a possibility for this program? Oh, no, I think those are completely in line with, with where things should be. I would say it's maybe a little bit, you know, a little short-sighted, a little, you know, underselling of the expectations of what this team uh, should have and could be. I mean, it's certainly not the way that they're kind of approaching things is, you know, we want to be a little bit above average and be you know, much better a few times. I think they're looking to, to you know, establish something that, that plays in perennial bowl games that contends for championships year in and year out. And I think that, you know, if they if they were setting that goal there, then, you know, the expectations need to be met accordingly. Like I said, the first two years for P.J. Fleck came with very little expectation. This year they'll come with expectations that, you know, they can contend for a Big Ten West title. That they're a team that you know has been in too early, you know, top 25 rankings. They're a team with a lot of production back. The schedule breaks their way. You know, there's there's a lot of things that that show. Okay, this is when you continually take that next step. And you know, in, in year three for PJ at Western Michigan, 
He followed eight and five with eight and five, and they didn't spike until year four. So there's no reason to say, you know, if things don't go according to plan this year, that you know the criticism needs to be ratcheted up multiple degrees. I would say it, it would it would need to be, you know, there need to be some more skepticism. But I think that you know this is a process, and this is something that you know trust the process, Sam Hinkie, right? So I think you just need to to look at it like, yes, this, the bar needs to be raised. It needs to continually be looking on an upward trajectory because that's the standard that they set for themselves, and I think that's what every fan wants. Andy, you mentioned a little bit ago, but you you said that the Big Ten West is going to be is is coming out kind of down this year. Last year, you had uh, the big win over Wisconsin, taking the axe. You had Nebraska really struggle out of the gates. What can the Gophers do to take advantage of of something that they haven't really seen? No real power in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Big Ten West is down. I think that the Big Ten West doesn't have, you know, an odds-on favorite. Somebody like Wisconsin that has dominated the league for a number of years. I think there are multiple teams that are, you know, above average. I think Northwestern, the team that won it. I think Wisconsin is kind of a trendy pick to look like they might be down, but I wouldn't put that past Paul Christ in, in Madison. I think Iowa is going to be in the mix, and you know, another trendy pick to be on the upswing is Scott Frost in Nebraska. So, you know, there are four teams there that some people think are top 25 quality teams if things break their way. So I don't think the Big Ten West is down. I think it doesn't have a front runner, and the quality of some of the other teams has risen. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how it breaks. And then there's obviously Jeff Rahm at Purdue, who's you know, was a darling after his second, towards the end of his second year, and Louisville was coming for him. And I haven't mentioned them either. So I think the Big Ten West is kind of across the board, kind of rising a little bit. And I think that is – that's going to be one of the most intriguing things going into the year. Andy, what needs to be done to get the bits of broken chair trophy back? <laughs> that was how rivalry that's that's how rivalry trophies start, right? It was growing organically and then just it disappeared and they, it was a stop was put to it and I'm I'm disappointed about it because uh, the the governor's victory bell is cool, but that was just kind of created, right? That chair with Nebraska, that was organically. It was well done. And I, I'm saddened that now that game it's it's still fun to play Nebraska. Don't get me wrong. It's one of it's I don't know if it's currently a premier program, but when you think college football, it's one of the programs that comes to mind. I want that trophy game back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't I think the organic trophy is the little brown jug. Yes, like, that is that's the organic trophy. I think you know even even Paul Bunyan's axe, which has been played for a long time, and Florida Rosedale doesn't hold a thing. How organic it was that you know, Michigan forgot their water jug, and the Gophers were like, "No, we're going to play you for it," and then it becomes something that stuck around forever. That's the organic trophy. The governor's bell is the political trophy that the two governors came up with. The the bits of broken chair trophy, I don't know. It doesn't really resonate for me because it's like a broken chair. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> like, what is this thing? And it's like fans have been really pushing that, and I love the fact that it's been tied to charity. I think that's very strong. I love that you know, there's another layer to college football. I'm not hating on it that much, but it's like another rivalry game trophy. It seems like, okay, we're trying a little hard here, even if it's just like some fans that have kind of sprung this up, quote-unquote, organically. But you know, I think it'll be interesting to play Nebraska going forward here. I mean, the Gophers got demolished in that game, and Nebraska was winless going into it, and P.J. was talking about, hey, you know, forget the fact that they're, you know, 0-6 or what they were at the time because this is a better football team. And Adrian Martinez is going to be a threat. I've seen him on some Heisman watch lists. I've seen him, 
you know, on some betting odds for a Heisman. The Gophers have struggled with mobile quarterbacks and, uh, you know, in a spread tie situation. So that's going to be a fun one when they come to TCF because last year was a complete dismantling. Andy, I'm going to throw one more random curveball at you here as we close this interview out. If I could change one thing about college football, and then maybe I'll ask Murph and close with you, I'm I'm really tired of Friday night football already. I have no buzz for it at all. It doesn't get me excited. That's the first thing I would do is get rid of Friday night football. Obviously, special exceptions, whatever. But the fact that we're playing conference games on Friday night now really bugs me, and I'm only 32. I understand that's a get-off-my-lawn statement, but it, it to me, it's annoying. It's unnecessary. I get why they do it, but, Andy, fans aren't clamoring to watch Indiana and Minnesota on a Friday night across the country. I'd like to think that they are, but they're not. That's what I would change. James, anything on the, off the top of your head? I mean, the the one thing, and I'm, I'm a degenerate, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it with that. I, I don't like necessarily when the overtimes go to like six rounds of it. I don't know how you fix that, but that to me, that's just silly. It shouldn't go – you shouldn't need to, to get three touchdowns with an extra point before you need to, to start going for it. That just seems silly to me. All right, Andy, open forum. You got anything? What would you change when you're in charge of the NCAA? Uh, you know, I think the game times just overall need to shift. I mean, covering – Covering soccer, it's it's incredible to have a known commodity that's going to be two hours regardless. There needs to be more flow. There needs to be less timeouts. There needs to be less stoppages. Games should not be going over three and a half hours. Things need to be wrapped up. We need to move along. I under, I completely agree with the overtime rule, and I think the NCAA rules committee are looking at, at certain levels of when you need to you know go for two or when you need to you know just have two-point conversions that are going to decide it to move things along because some of those scores can be complete outliers and non-traditional college football people like myself don't want to see a 78-72 game. That's just not going to work for me. And I agree with, with Friday night football, but, you know, it, it's not like it's ubiquitous, right? It's like four or five games. And for me, it was nice in a gopher perspective, like, okay, they're playing into the lights. They might actually get a few more eyeballs instead of being in the slew of 60 games on a Saturday. And just remembering that game, I mean, Shannon Brooks was electric in that uh, when he was coming back from his injury. So, I mean, I'm not super against Friday Night Football. I think it needs to be limited. I don't want to see multiple games, a full slate throughout the fall. But it's a change of pace that that I don't hate. Andy, we'll cut you loose. Get the dog home safely. You walk safely as well. Look out for traffic, and we'll do this again soon. Thank you for making time for us here on the Gophers Show. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. All right, that is Andy Greeter with TwinCities.com, the Pioneer Press. He is at Andy Greeter on Twitter. James, I think you and I will close this out here really briefly. I, I think a lot of what he had to say, I like it. I'm not too worried. I wanted to try and stir people up today on the Twitter machine, <laughs> but I, I didn't really have a chance to. We could talk about, like, 70-year-old fans. <laughs> <laughs> you watch it. You watch it. I'm already off my A-game. I forgot to even intro myself on the show, so... Don't get me going. I don't want to spin this thing even further off the tracks. Yeah, I'm really not all that concerned. I just want to take a minute or two to react to what Andy had to say. Mm -hmm. They'll fill some of these spots, and I think he hit the nail on the head. When the coach has media availability in the same week that some of these guys are exiting the stage, leaving Dinky Town, obviously I think that's just going to put it on more high alert. 
But it is interesting that it just seems to be rapid fire right now. And I jokingly texted you this morning. I, was, I said, nobody wants to play here anymore. What happened? Say, I was just going to say that. it was. I think it was in the email The email header that you sent to me was, nobody wants to play here, and what's P.J. Fleck doing? <laughs> and we know that that's not the case. I, I was going to check, James, and I forgot. I'm, I wanted to see how much it affected. I go to Rivals. That's the one that I mm-hmm. look at. It doesn't really mean anything, but it means something, right? Some guys come in as four stars. They end up only being three-star players. Some guys come in as two or threes. They wind up being fours. But it is a good gauge as to where you're at. I wanted to do that today, but I didn't. But our listeners can certainly do that. James, I, I know it's late May here as, we, as we're talking about golf or football, but it really is right around the corner. Yeah. The State Fair is now less than three months away. So I hope you enjoyed summer. <laughs> That's a big thing for you now. Now, it, now the state fair is now a big part of your life. We're back, baby. We're <laughs> back. I I told that to somebody yesterday. I was at a retirement party. They said I saw you change jobs. What are you doing now? And I just said I'm back, baby. And the guy looks at me and says, "See you at the fair." <laughs> <laughs> so you knew exactly what I was talking about. Murph, I think that'll just about do it for us unless you have anything in closing that you really wanted to get off your chest. Go for football-related. Amir Coffee, actually, very quickly. His decision day is coming up mm-hmm. here within the next week. Nothing really new to note there other than I'm really starting to hear about a lot of different teams that have interest in him, which to me means He's probably gone. I mean, I think we knew that. I think, what did I tell you, the last pod we did, I thought, oh, it's 90-plus percent he's yeah. not coming and back. I, I mean, even when he made the initial decision, you're not making that decision unless it's something that you're seriously considering. Even even if you're not drafted and you're willing to go the undrafted uh, G League route, whatever. I mean, I, I when he made that decision, I pretty much had had thought that, that we, had, we had seen the last of Amir Coffey in a gopher uniform. It saddens me, but you know what? Uh, Daniel House, who did a, a Gopher show with us recently, we talked about all the all the kids coming in, the kids, as <laughs> Coach Kill Jer. used to say. So hopefully they're in a good spot regardless. It would be nice if he's back. I'll hold on to a little hope that maybe he'll be back, but if he's not, nothing you can do but move on. I agree. I mean, it's as PJ said, we want to win with the guys who want to be here. So on, on to the next one, I guess. I want winners. Mm-hmm. Mike Singletary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You play to win the game. I want winners was yeah that was that was to Vernon Davis I believe right that was to Vernon Davis. Look at our memories. Not Gopher related, but it really doesn't matter. It's still fun to talk about. At Murph underscore MN on Twitter. Since I butchered the intro of the show, I better get the outro right. Very very quickly. Yeah, we, we saw on Twitter Daniel House send us a picture of his <laughs> yes PizzaGate. Pizza. So. His oven doesn't I have, work. I have a I have a complaint here because we when when Daniel would tell us about his twenty whatever four minute pizza, I was thinking that thing was a hockey puck because if I cooked a Jack's pizza in my oven, it would and for twenty four minutes or whatever he says, I couldn't eat that thing. He sends us this picture of like this perfectly good pizza. And I'm like, well, your oven just doesn't work, or you're cooking it at 375, one he, of the two. He has his oven. I think Jack's Pizzas cook at 425. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. He probably has his at 425, and it's only heating at, like, 275. <laughs> it because looked, It looked it, – it, it, I like mine a little crispier, so to me, that looked perfect. So I understand why he was – that was his big thing, but your oven just doesn't work, guy. His pizza at – was it 23 minutes? Is that what he says? I don't remember. His pizza at 23 minutes. Looks at looks like mine at about fifteen, and I. You said hockey puck. I've told him that before. I said, right. man, if I keep mine in that long, yeah, the neighbor kids can play with it out in the street, right? Mm. It's just 
it's incredible. But yeah, even when he's not with us, I just we needed, I needed to clear my <laughs> conscience about that one because when I saw that, I was just I, I couldn't even believe. I'm like, that's a cooked pizza. That's that's what I would do with it. Not that's that no, wouldn't be 25 minutes in my oven. We'll start a separate bit on Twitter when we're eating pizza anywhere. We'll just start tweeting him and like hashtag Woodhouse eat this. <laughs> Because remember his like that. his deals basically if the pizza's not burnt it's not done right. is is basically what we're getting at and what he uh, sent us via the Twitter machine so yeah. that's it we even got pizza rants out of the way at Murph underscore MN on Twitter that was the voice of if James you Murphy more of that yeah <laughs> I'm Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross on Twitter a big thanks to Andy Greeter from TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press for joining us he is at Andy Greeter A N D Y G-R-E-D-E-R. A big thanks to him. That will do it for the Gophers Show, the Score North Gophers Show. Thank you very much for finding us.